Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. We are going into the future of now. Welcome, welcome, welcome times. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, seven, seven times welcome. I have a full house here, a panel. We're going to talk about predictions on IoT, AI, machine learning, bots, RPA, everything we can think of. But I'm going to start out the show with a couple of buzz quotes. Those of you who listen to my SAP Game Changer shows know I always pick a buzz and I have two today. Okay. Both are from movies. Let's go back to the Jetsons movie 1990. Character Mr. Spacely, played by Mel Blanc, says, where's Jetson and why is the plant shut down? And Rudy, too, played by Ronnie Shell, says, it's the middle of the night, sir. Mr. Spacely replies, machines don't sleep. Start it up. Every second means money lost, and money lost means I scream a lot. Okay, 1990 Jetsons looking at the future. Well, I think we're here. Now, let me give you another quote from another movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger in T-800 in The Terminator, 1984 American sci-fi film. He said, I'll be back. But if you forward that to today, to the way people talk and the way they chat on, let's say, on Twitter, he might have said, I'll BRB. So there's a future forward quote for you. So let's see what we're talking about today. If you're hoping to gaze into a crystal ball to see what 2021 holds for your company, your industry, the world, your career, your family, community, we all want to know, actually. We've got almost the best thing here today. We're live. It's December 16, 2020, almost at the end of an incredible year. And we're going to ask my thought leaders, my special guest today, to predict the future of IoT, Internet of Things, and other what we used to call disruptive technologies. I think the world is so disrupted that I don't think technologies are disrupting. I think they're helping us undisrupt. That's just my take on our crystal ball special. Uh, We're going to continue this special on January 6th and 13th and 20th of next year, and you'll hear from me before that. So pour a cup of Joe, a cup of Earl, or if you've got any Dom opened early, you can have a sip while we're here. And join us for Technology Revolution, the future of now 2021 crystal ball predictions, part three live. And my message will be, let's make this a wonderful year. Let me tell you who's on with me. If you're watching us live on Facebook streaming, uh, you can see my special guest. We have Craig Stasola. He's on the SAP Cloud Platform Strategy Team. Craig can wave. Go ahead. We have Senna Zorlu, who is an early stage investor in enterprise technologies for Kubera, K-U-B-E-R-A, Venture Capital. She's also built only four companies across Internet of Things and other technologies. We have Naeem Zafar, a serial entrepreneur. He's the founder and CEO of Telesense, an Internet of Things company creating real-time wireless sensing and predictive analytics solutions. We have Nicola Zingraf-Bolton. I'm so happy to see you here, Nicola. It's been quite a while. She's the founder of Bolton Consulting, specializing in IoT strategy and business development for the transport and logistics industry. We have Bert Laws, Senior Director and Senior Architects Hybert with the SAP S4HANA front runner team. And he's also a very, very good photographer. I know that. <laughs> we have Varam Tamba with us. He is a principal <clears throat> architect for advanced analytics at SAP. Welcome, Varan. We were hoping to have Adam Mardini. He hasn't shown up yet. We hope and we have Don Deloach. Don is the co-founder and CEO of Rocket 
Wagon Venture Studios. And Don, when we get to you, I'm going to ask you to explain how you got your company name because I always get a kick out of that. So welcome, everyone. Let's kick off the party. Craig Stassily, you're first. Craig, I can give you four and a half, five minutes. Take your time. What are your predictions? Go ahead, Craig. Well, thank you, Bonnie. And uh, thank you, everybody else, for being here. So uh, you had mentioned that the disruptive technologies are getting disrupted, and I think we're going to see an acceleration of that. Uh, I've been quarantining at home uh, for most of 2020, as most of you have been. And the one thing that we've been doing this holiday season, since we can't go out and do all of the holiday traditions that we do, like seeing uh, the, the lights or going out to holiday shows, We've been spending a lot of time at home and uh, we've been watching holiday movies and we've been watching holiday movies on things like Disney plus and Netflix. And uh, the, the thing that I think is going to be really disruptive for the enterprise space is really uh, what these commercial organizations or commercial companies have been doing for a while now, which is really focusing on uh, the outcomes that, that enterprises want and also focusing on recurring revenue bundles, or as Scott Galloway of, of uh, Pivot podcast fame calls them, rundles. Uh, but what does a rundle mean, and, and why is it going to be important, and why is it going to be transformative? Well, for all of these disruptive technologies, a lot of the focus uh, till now has been on the technology itself, on artificial intelligence, on machine learning, on the technology uh, that uh, IoT is riding on. And uh, what businesses actually want are the business outcomes of, of applying that technology. And what we're going to start to see is the technology providers get out of a technology-focused uh, go-to-market strategy, a technology-focused sales strategy, and get into things that are going to be more outcome-focused. And those outcomes are going to be structured around uh, how, how we can uh, you know, get recurring revenue out of those outcomes and, and really strengthen the partnership uh, between the technology and solution providers and uh, the companies and organizations that are actually consuming uh, this technology and providing uh, the or providing goods and services to their consumers. So we're going to see a lot closer relationship and a lot more of a, a, a recurring revenue bundle outcome-based uh, go-to-market strategy. So if you happen to be at a company that is implementing any of this disruptive technology, uh, talk to your technology providers, talk to your services provider, and start getting stop getting out of a technology-based or usage-based type of consumer uh, or commercial arrangement, and, and start figuring out how you guys can start working together uh, to uh, deliver whatever products and innovation it is that uh, happen to be in your industry and in your sector. Thank you very much, Craig. Very interesting kickoff. I love the outcome base. We've been hearing that on a lot of our Game Changers shows. And we're, we talk, of course, this year, big time talking about customer experience, the experience economy, and what are you giving people and outcome-based, results-based. Uh, maybe that's going to be a, a, is that a new wrinkle, do you think, Craig? Is that something that just people are becoming aware of, companies are becoming aware of? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, outcome based is is one thing and, and getting pricing that is aligned with the outcomes is one thing. But then I think the next iteration of that, that 
the disruption that we're, we're seeing just accelerate through COVID right now is, is going to be pairing that technology with the services, with the outcomes, and looking at really holistically at, uh, at the outcomes. So it's not going to be outcome for a specific technology. It's going to be mm-hmm. a whole lot more uh, you know, closer to to uh, a partnership uh, between the technology providers and, and the consumers of those, that technology. Interesting. And if we think of the pandemic, we think of so many businesses that had to pivot, especially the, the ones that had already digitalized. I think you all can agree with this, had a more opportunity where easier, it was easier for them to be nimble, to be agile, all those wonderful business words we used, and do something else or do something different quickly. But look at pricing. Interesting. Look at all the things that are on sale. Look at all the services that are nearer to free than they were companies trying to survive. Look at all the deal. So pricing is an interesting, interesting side note to this. Thank you very much, Craig. Wonderful to have you kick off the show. Senna Zorlo, you're up next. Senna, happy to have you here. I know you've got a young one in your home. So if you have to run off and tend to that, that little person, that's fine. This is real, Senna. This is real time, real people, real Zoom, real live streaming. Senna, welcome. I'm going to put you on speaker view and we're ready for your predictions. Go ahead. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I, I've been thinking um, in preparation for this show about, you know, how specifically our lives are changing as IoT is uh, first serving us consumers uh, before it serves everybody else. And um, with that, 2020 has been the year for work from home. Um, I'm predicting that 2021 will be the move towards work from anywhere. Um, and it's... In an infrastructural way, this is going to um, uh, create a huge change in cloud spending budgets of companies, but we're also going to see additional change in um, cybersecurity, data security. We are touching sensitive data from our home computers, and this is going to change uh, structurally how we handle data and all of those policies. Um, We're also seeing um, a move towards everybody becoming an entrepreneur, everybody getting side gigs. So we are going to see a lot of tools and monetization in terms of enabling even the standard enterprise worker or work at, uh, stay-at-home moms creating side gigs. So I think that's going to boost the economy in a huge way. Um, on the consumer front, I think we're going to be seeing experiences moving indoors. We've already started seeing that, and that creates a huge opportunity for IoT. Um, companies like Airbnb are already pushing um, travel experiences indoors through um, mm. uh, all of these new virtual experiences. Peloton, Mirror, and others are pushing uh, the gym experience indoors with connected devices. Um, And we're going to be seeing more of our outdoor activities coming indoor with increase of um, new ways of physical activity at home and new way of using our home um, in terms of virtual reality. Um, I think this is going to create a transformation of connected devices um, for for consumer use and um, and, and within commercial space, it's going to create this new um, reuse of spaces where uh, commercial space is not going to be dedicated to one specific task, but we are going to be using them for multi-purpose. Um, and I, I, I think that WeWork is going to make a comeback because instead of building these offices from everywhere, um, I, I, they already have the offices, they already have the setup. If they can um, hang on a little bit more with their piles of cash, I think a lot of enterprises are going to move towards um, these like work from an office near your home type of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, 
On the larger picture, I'm, I'm seeing a move towards de-risking the supply chain um, on, on IoT. Uh, many of the components that we use in connected products have been very reliant on China, um, which has been a huge um, uh, issue during the pandemic. So we are actually seeing increased pricing of components being selected by manufacturers today for connected products, and that's a huge opportunity for U.S. markets. Um, we are particularly seeing that right now with the holiday season and um, I don't know if any of you try to get like a game console or something, you can't find them in the market. And that's because of all of these components um, um, with the supply chain being at risk. Um, and then on the, let's say, even larger front of infrastructure um, with 5G increasing with the, with the rollout, we are going to be seeing um, more reduction in cost of connectivity. And um, um, this expands the business uses of IoT, obviously, for um, uh, a lot of technologies that have existed over the years for you know, utilities, for energy industry, for all of these industries where the business case hadn't caught up yet. 5G is enabling these industries to catch up and have very affordable ways of measuring and optimizing everything. Thank you very much, Senna. Very interesting. And I want to ask you a question about privacy. You talk about bringing the experiences inside and connected workout opportunities, right? Connected machines. I just bought a freestanding punching bag and everlasting punch because I had to tell my trainer he couldn't come to my house when COVID started. And we used to box at the end of my my sessions twice a week. I have boxing gloves and he would hold up the pad out box. It was great for cardio, Nicholas. Yeah. And it was great for brain training because he, he worked out a code. What number one was that was a right hook and number two was a left and then an under under the an undercut right and left and we had a whole code. So it eventually what we did was he would I say just call out the number. So we'd say okay four five Two two double one three six, and I had to punch it into my brain. Bert's looking at me like she did, and I, I uh, would do the sequence without having to see it right written down anywhere. But my point is, I my Everlast punching bag, uh, Senna is not connected to anything. There's no digital yeah. device. So what about privacy? Are people still afraid, or what do you predict people will become more comfortable with the fact that data is being shared by a device? in their home that may be about their health or about where they live with whom. So can you just talk to that for a minute, Santa? I think from what we're, what, what I'm seeing, it's, it's a matter of convenience versus, um, you know, security uh, for a lot of products where we are seeing that convenience of services coming to us. Um, data security seems to be less of an is- issue, but mm. when, um, we are seeing that data being captured more for entertainment or marketing purposes. It becomes ever more creepy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> in that sense, I think as long as we are um, getting utility from it, we are less sensitive towards that data being used. Um, however, my personal thought around it is if they are already commercializing my data um, products should be cheaper for us. Um, so I think in a way, as consumers, if we are as valuable as um, we should be, and I think Facebook generates a little over $100 per every American um, user on the platform, things should be cheaper for us if we are that valuable. 
Thank you very much. Very interesting. Appreciate that. Let's go next to Naeem Zafar, who has been on so many shows with me this year. Naeem, as I said to you before, people are going to be talking. Well, Bonnie's on the air. Where's Naeem? So there you go. Naeem, we're very delighted to have you here on this special and looking forward to your predictions. I'm putting you in speaker view. Go ahead. So, I mean, Sana gave me several predictions. I'm going to try to make one and see if I can justify it. So there'll be a new thing in 2021 called de-urbanization. There'll be a thing, there'll be a trend. So let's zoom out and take a big picture. Something interesting happened around 1800s and that was a result of industrial revolution and a bunch of things happening like railroad and cotton gins. The population of London used to be 1 million in 1820. It went to 4 million by 1880 and 5 million by 1917. This was uh, caused by several factors. Uh, that's where the jobs were. That's where uh, it was a cosmopolitan place. And it created all kinds of havoc in terms of pollution and smokestacks and soot and traffic and sanitation. But we put up with that. And this was a trend which has lasted about 150, 200 years. I'm talking about specifically the West. This trend has already taken place in China and India and other places in the Middle East in the past when they were at the uh, top of the civilization. But let's focus on the Western civilization, uh, the modern version. So this has created a whole bunch of things and we have put up with this. You know, why do we, for the last 20 years, put on a monkey suit, fight the traffic for several hours, live in pollution and live in the cities? What epidemic, this pandemic has done is make us realize, including myself, I was a skeptical. I always want, wanted people to show up to work, that you can get a lot done, maybe even more done, and have a better quality of life. So there has been, and started already this year, an exodus when uh, people are moving out of this congested Silicon Valley. Uh, Larry Ellison just announced it is moving to Hawaii. He has moved to Hawaii. Uh, Elon Musk has, I think, announced about moving to te Texas. So this is just some example, but there are many, many examples. Many friends I know are moving out of congested cities because imagine, and thanks to IoT, by the way, that's where the IoT comes in, AI comes in. Imagine living in a rural community, maybe a couple of hours away from a congested city. You have a community of 500,000 people. You, you eat locally grown organic produce. You still have access to all your Netflix and all the things you enjoy doing in TikToks because the strong internet and 5G coming makes it even easier. And you're still able to socialize with friends like we have learned to socialize with friends last year over Zoom and feel connected like we are talking to each other. Mm -hmm. So this becomes normal. This becomes a new normal. This is not strange anymore. This was pretty strange in February. So you'll see in 2021, this becoming a thing. People will realize they can make slightly less money, enjoy a higher quality of life, and be a happy life. Now, French already discovered that a few decades ago, and they've been practicing it, and we've been making fun of them. But now we are becoming a convert, that there is something to this rural living. It doesn't mean lower quality of life. doesn't mean less social thing. So this will be enabled by connectivity, by IoT, but able to get delivered things via Amazon or whatever service to your doorstep. Uh, the food, 
uh, able to prepare, get it at home, whole bunch of things. The lifestyle we have lived in the last nine months is extends to a happier life looking forward. Very excited about 2021. Thank you, Naeem. Very interesting. I'm guessing there will be a lot of contrarians to that one. People who own office buildings and rely on rent. The transit systems that have been built up over years in cities that use are looking forward to using even more technologies like Internet of Things, right? To to keep traffic moving. Not very successful in a lot of cities, but now there's not much traffic, so maybe they can start over. Interesting. Naeem, can you just, just address the contrary? It sounds wonderful. Uh, I, as a broadcaster, have been working, quote unquote, from a home office for many, many years. And I made deals with my previous employers before, even before I worked at SAP, I had a radio show Friday night and I was looking at a three hour commute on the Long Island Expressway. And, and I made a deal that I could work from home on Fridays. Maybe I was very avant-garde in saying, I have something I need to do and I will be a good employee and I will show up and I will do everything I was supposed to do, but I'm not gonna be in the office. So Naeem, what, just address the, the contrarians who would say, it's a lovely thought, name so far. We are all for it, but dang, you're looking at cr- crashing an entire economy around the world. Name, what do you think? Well, we had this, exactly the same conversation in 1920s about uh, buggy whip companies and people <laughs> making those different things to keep the horses fed and all the buggies and horse carriages dominated New York City. We said the same thing about travel agents in 1990s. So point is, the change is coming, and change is coming because it's economically advantageous, and that's the people want that. People want to live in open air, able to take a walk. Let's even take a step further. What we have been living in the last 30, 40, 50 years, we conform to work. We came to work from 9 to 5 or whatever hours were and had fun around it. It is reversing. We will be living and we'll put the work we scatter the work. We'll work for two hours. Then Sena's got taken care of the baby. Then she'll work two hours. Then she works at night. She's been doing it. That will become the new normal. Mm-hmm. And this is, and employers will find that this is not strange. You get more engagement, more productivity, because people, when they find time, they are in, indeed engaged and getting stuff done. The software tools which are coming allows us to measure productivity, assign tasks, check things off automatically without requiring middle management. So these software tools, we use in my company about 20 software tools to run the company. In the past, 20 years ago, I would have had 10 people hired to run the company. I do payroll myself, takes me 10 minutes a a month. I do all the benefits, all those things are done automatically because the tools are there. So the point is we will form our lives. Work will not dominate my day, but life will dominate my day. That's That's the way I look at it. I like that. Life will dominate your day. I I think that's what we all want. And by the way, uh, to everyone, I don't think I coined the phrase, but a couple of months ago, everybody's talking about the new normal, the new abnormal, the next normal, the unnormal, the neo-normal. I came up with on my own, and I know other people have used it, the new reality. We're living in a new reality. It is what it is, as the French say, c'est ça. On that note, I'm going to thank Naeem so much and thank you for the con- conversing with me back and forth. Nicholas Zingraf bolton we're excited to have you here on the show today. I don't think we've spoken since early in the year. You're here because you were a guest on Internet of Things with Game Changers Radio in 2020. I'm going to put you on speaker view and let's hear your predictions. Go ahead. 
Thank you very much, Bonnie. And um, Naeem, just to, to um, connect to your um, message, working from home is going to make people happier. I am sure that there is a lot of people who are a little bit divided. For me personally, I miss traveling. I need to be out there with the technology. IoT is great, but need to be connecting with people in person, not only over screens. But let's come to my predictions. For the transport logistics industry, which is still my personal passion and has been for many years, I see four main developments for IoT. Companies in the logistics industry will feel the pressure to adopt the digital technology to a point where it becomes an existential decision, adapt or perish, especially now where the online ordering, where all our lives have moved completely to online and and if you think of the transport volumes that have increased by up to 300% compared to how it was in pre-pandemic times. Transport companies can no longer afford not to automate those many manual processes that they work with or track their loads and monitor cargo conditions in real time. We will be seeing an explosion in the development of software as a service solutions which are more than ever geared towards integrating with other, one another through APIs. They will allow organizations to realize single process improvements and create a vast network of data points and efficiency values. At the same time, the quality and functions of telematics and IoT hardware will become more important again. If you think of computing on the edge and 5G, they will be enabling us to build products for smart components and heavy-duty vehicles where the connectivity has so far been either too expensive or technically too challenging. I think we will be seeing more initi initiatives to connect single components on a vehicle without needing multiple data service fees for each assets. For example, by using vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication and the data meshing possibilities that are becoming more and more real and more practical to use. But at the same time, making trucks and trailers smarter again and having multiple connected sources will also increase the vulnerability of cyber attacks. According to a Montgomery Independent mm -hmm. Survey, Transportation is one of the five most targeted industries for attacks, and these breaches are happening to trucking companies of all sizes. Yeah. Cyber attacks have actually increased by 400% according to the FBI in the last months, and um, the transportation industry is no exception in this case. Think of all the transports for pharmaceuticals, the vaccines, or mm. other critical medical supplies now. They've increased so much, it's just... Uh, easy target and everyone is looking and focusing at it so much. Just picture the average truck today, which is equipped with an electronic driver logger, with a mile tracker, with temperature recorders, video cameras, lift gates, electronic locks, etc., etc. back office communication terminals. They all resemble potential access for hackers, right back to the back office center and the heart and soul IT soul of every company. So we will be needing cybersecurity solutions that are able to look beyond protecting just a single IoT solution, but who can actually protect an entire 
organization and protect the entire truck trailer or other combination out there on the roads today. The last development that I see targets more towards young talent with so many aspects of an IoT in motion, especially through the last months where, where the, the emphasis has shifted so much more. Creative minds are really needed who think outside the box, who can actually envision these new connected solutions that have not been there. And, and that's where I really like how, how Senna is connected with a, with a um, computer games. Yes, that's right. You can't buy any consoles. My son was trying to get controllers for his Xbox. No more. I think these are triggers, though, to create more smart ideas and, and, and develop not only um, the technical singular solution, but also um, encourage an entrepreneurial spirit. Because also, Sana, you've really given me great, <laughs> great ideas to connect to. Um, you said... Um, Everybody has become, is becoming an entrepreneur these days because life has shifted and the routines have shifted so much. And I think this is a very powerful source for creativity to um, think entrepreneurial and not only in technical categories to build a product. Well, that's where I think I'm very optimistic for the IoT world. It's not so much disruption. I think disruption is now in everything and everyone and every move that we do. So it's, it's there. <laughs> Thank you, Nicola. Very, very interesting. I have a question for you. How did you decide to focus your entrepreneurial spirit in your business on the transport field, on that industry? How did that happen? It's probably more the other way around. I, transport and logistics has always had a great fascination for me. International processes, fast moving, optimizing, lots of little cogwheels that need to be steered in the right direction. And I actually am a... Um, logistics a freight forwarder by trade. So I started from scratch. I have been there. I know exactly how it feels when you get more orders than you have trucks and send them in the right direction. And my love for IoT has just evolved out of this need for bringing some structure into this chaos. And that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Very, very inspiring. All, all of you, Thank each you. of you in your own right, are all very inspirational. I, I have a couple of comments. Uh, I was watching a rerun of the uh, the uh, ABC, well, no, CBS show FBI last night. Apparently, all the new shows are delayed again. So instead of dropping a new show, this one got recorded, even though it's a repeat, because they fooled the recording mechanism on, on DVR. I thought it was a new one. But in it, um, a, a man is killed when his car runs into a tree. And they're, they don't understand why the CIA is involved, FBI is involved. And somehow they figure out that the onboard computer on the car was hacked by someone from another continent. Mm. Okay. I won't name the country, but it starts with R and they're in the news right now for all kinds of major hacking accusations. But they actually made the car go up to 85 miles an hour, then slowed it down, then took a sharp 90 degree left turn and smashed into a tree. And until they investigated the onboard data, they couldn't figure out what had happened. That's number one. Number two, transport is at front and center right now all over the world, Nicola, with the transportation of the COVID vaccines. Exactly. 
And yeah. it's it's in the news, and and who who thought we'd be talking about trucks and airplanes and and onboard safety and and temperature controls? We used to think, oh, it's a it's a combination of, uh, of fresh broccoli and and uh, salmon, and we've got to keep it at a certain temperature so it gets to the supermarkets. And now it's life yeah, important, life giving. I'm I'm getting chills here. I'm not going to say anymore. Thank you, Nicola, <laughs> for for your very inspiring Thank predictions. You, Let's go to Bert Laws, Bert. One of my new favorite photographers. We could talk about that a little bit, but Bert, I'm putting you front and center on speaker view. Let's hear your predictions for IoT and other technologies. Go ahead. Well, thanks, Bonnie. And let's talk a little bit about photography. Uh, I I really like what Craig had to say about being outcome-based because what I'm going to talk about today is is totally about outcome bases and and the way we think about how we uh, how we do what we do and deliver what we what we do. And I've been doing a, I've been talking to a lot of customers over the last year about uh, machine learning, predictive analytics, uh, uh, conversational AI, situation handling, all these very specific uh, uh, technologies. And what I tell customers is nobody really cares about machine learning. They care about getting the work done. They care about delivering goods. They care about uh, producing goods. They care about getting, connecting the customer to their product um, as fast as possible. And it's really focusing on that process that uh, is going to be a big difference, I think, for uh, for vendors in the in the coming year and in the coming years. We're going to kind of steer away a little bit from the technology for the technology's sake, but we're going to focus more on what the technology actually does for us. Mm-hmm. And so toward that end, I'm going to talk about two kind of uh, things that are kind of passions for me. We talked a little bit about my passion for photography. And what I've been seeing a lot in the last year is so many of the tools in digital photography now are infused with AI. How would you, why do you care about AI in photography? Well, if, if, uh, if I'm working on a, on, a, on a photograph and I like to think that maybe the, the sky should be a little bit uh, orange or, the, or the, the sea should be a little bit bluer, or maybe I get it too blue and the, and, the, and the waves aren't hitting just right. Well, if I could use AI that could say, after looking at a million photographs, mm. the proper way to balance this would probably be more like this or this or this. Using these tools that, that infuse AI into photography have really transformed the way I work as a photographer, um, and they change the way customers view photography because now there's a whole creative side where I, can, where I can actually say, let's throw all that out the window, and I want an orange sea, and I want a green sky, and I, and I want black flowers, and maybe those kinds of things, and they really, they really challenge a, a lot of your, your sensibilities. So all of these things that the, the way we view uh, a, a lot of these a lot of these things are, are really going to change in the in the coming year and years as we start to infuse more uh, more AI more machine learning and uh, and and tools like this into the way we, we look at um, at art let's say so I'm, I'm speaking very specifically about trends uh, to how AI and these technologies will impact art. My other passion, though, is sports, and I think that the way we uh, we watch sports is going to dramatically change. And we've already seen AI. We've already seen a lot of these technologies, and IoT is is especially true in sports. We see the way uh, sports is, are really being transformed, but they're being transformed at a at a uh, at a participant level and at a coaching level because now we we coach our athletes and we train our athletes differently. 
uh, today than we did even five years ago because we have so much more data and so many more ways to use the data and so many more ways to predict how the data impacts what the the athlete is going to do. So when we coach athletes, we say, well, you should do more of this. Or you should do more of that. And if you just tilted your head a little bit this way, or you moved your hand a little bit that way, you would, you would be performing at a much higher level. And we're seeing that proven out. It doesn't matter if we're talking about tennis or soccer or, or American football. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. We're seeing that in a, in a big way. Hockey, ice hockey is another big one. But what's really going to change, I think, in the coming year is going to be the way we watch sports. And, and this gets a little bit to what Naeem was talking a little bit about, the, the de-urbanization piece. And this is why this whole conversation today is really interesting because it's a lot of really provocative thinking that's going mm-hmm. on here and a lot, of, a lot of thoughts that are going out there. But I, I think that the way we, we watch sports – we've become much more used to using our uh, video games and controlling what our athletes do in, you know, uh, Madden football. And mm-hmm. we, we really want the runner to run that way. We really want him to catch this ball or we want him to receive that pass. I think what we're going to see in 2021 and beyond is you're going to see a lot more uh, interaction with your, uh, with, with real sports. You know, at, at the end of the day, I was talking to someone earlier today and I said, to me, everything in life happens at the margin. Nothing happens yesterday. Nothing happens tomorrow. Everything happens now and it happens at the margin. Mm -hmm. And we can think about it, what we would want to happen, but what we really want to see is, is how we can change something now. And I think that, um, I think that what's going to happen here is the way we watch sports. We're going to be able to actually interact, I think with, uh, with what we see on the television in sports and, and, and actually say, I, I really think the coach should put in Smith because he's the guy has a better record of this or this or this. And you're going to see more active communication, more active interaction um, to the, I think, to the despair of a lot of coaches and a, and a lot of uh, front offices because customers now where we used to actually go and say, oh, that was a horrible game. I'm really sorry I went. Now we're going to sit there and we're going to say, if you don't make this call in the next five minutes, I'm going to turn and watch a Netflix movie or I'm going to go do something <laughs> different. And I think that's really going to transform the way we watch sports and that's going to transform the content that we're fed. And so I think that that's going to be, that's going to be a very real and very outcome-based. And I mean, I think everything everybody has said today uh, so far has been has been really, uh, really, really fascinating because I think we're going to see so many of these things play out and what we do at the margin, what we do day to day and what we do minute to minute, more than thinking so far forward or lamenting so far back, everything what we do today, it's, it's going to be different in the moment. And I, I'm really excited about that. Thank you, Bert. Interesting. Art, photography, and sports. And while you were talking, I'm thinking that we think of sports fandom on demand, getting to watch maybe a, a replay or, or instant. It's live on TV. It's live streaming. And now it can be sports fandom uh, by demand, meaning I demand, Coach, that you put in Bob Jones in the second inning or I ain't watching anymore. Interesting. Interesting. So that's we could call that 
extreme participation, right, Bert? I think that's a great term, yeah. Extreme participation. I also was intrigued with your comments about photography. If AI could look at a picture, I've been doing digital photography for years before we were using our phones. I was using a Kodak Kodak DX6490 that I carried in. I always need a big purse because <laughs> it was a big camera. And I've been doing it for years. But sometimes, Bert, the light doesn't hit the camera just the way you, you saw it. You know what that sunset looks like. You know what that tree outline looks like. And you get the picture digital and you say, uh, that's not really what I wanted. So we, in a way, are the human AI that you were talking about. What if you could send AI, say, okay, I have access to 2.9 million sunsets in North America in the past two months. And this is what that picture should look like. And it might be more aligned with what we as the photographer, the eyes behind the camera thought it should look. I like that a lot. Thank you and very it, much, Bert. Go and ahead. it changes the role that we play as yes. patrons of the arts. It really changes it the role we play because we're not so much an audience as we are a, a participant. And uh, right I there. think that, uh, you know, we, we kind of have to be careful about, we kind of have to be careful about it. And artists have to be careful about, you know, how can you be true to your, your art and whatever okay. it is, maybe you're a realist, maybe you're a surrealist, right? Yes. And, and how, you, how you decide that you, you could change it all in, a, in an instant. Thank you very much, very much. Thank you. Varen Tamba, you are next. I'm putting you on speaker view. We can't wait for your predictions. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, so uh, Bert really got me thinking, right? So, so I'm a big fan of Formula One and the, and the season just concluded. Uh, and uh, I, I couldn't help but uh, think what if, uh, you know, with, with the advent of technology that Bert is talking about, if I could be in, in, the, in the pit lane, for example, where the, where the pit stop takes place or when the cars are zipping through at 300 uh, miles an hour or kilometers an hour, uh, <laughs> right? That, I mean, I, I don't really want to play the spoil sport and say, okay, this is when you need to bring Lewis Hamilton in, but I would definitely like to be there and witness it firsthand um, rather than be uh, a sponsor with very deep pockets uh, to be able to witness that uh, maybe in Monaco uh, sitting on top of a boat. <laughs> but thank you, Bert. <laughs> it really opened up uh, my imagination of how I would want to witness sports going forward. Uh, right. Uh, so my, my real um, uh, uh, prediction for uh, 2021 uh, is 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 sort of a network of networks, right? Uh, so what I mean by that today we have um, social networks, we have uh, logistics networks. Uh, Nicola spoke about it. We have the supply chain networks, um, uh, and we talked about the challenges we have in in in, in procuring consoles because of uh, disruptions in supply chain. We have uh, you know multiple networks uh, that we can go on and on about, but. Ultimately, each of these network is governed by its own uh, principle, untold rules, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 the business drivers that drive it, right? So, what if uh, you know there is there is this master network, uh, more so now in the post-COVID scenario, where uh, where uh, remote working, where ability to be connected always between machines on the shop floor to um, the 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 um, transportation systems to humans to bots to our computers, right? Everything is connected to each other. So, so this is already one big master network. Now think about it, this getting connected to the business world as well, right? To my supply chains, right? So for example, if I knew that uh, probably there is going to be a disruption from China and somewhere in this network of networks, I know there is a, a, a small company out there who can, um, uh, you know, at least at a stopgap, allow me to procure something that I need to produce 
the consoles that I need to get out for Christmas, which I know is, is a peak period for me, it, it really boosts uh, the economy, ensures there is no disruption, and also more importantly, makes the entire um, uh, uh, you know, growth uh, more, more, more democratized, right? So now everybody suddenly can participate in this, in this large network of networks, uh, and, and, and all of us play our part um, in, in the larger growth of us as humanity, actually, right? Uh, right from uh, improving our lives, to 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 run to making our sustainability goals and to uh, to producing things that are better. Obviously, this comes with its uh, share of challenges, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, Senna talked about um, uh, letting go of uh, a little bit of privacy in uh, in lieu for getting the advantages, giving my address because I want the food to be delivered right at my doorstep. Mm -hmm. So that is the give and take that we always have uh, with anything, right? So so for me, 2021, I think might be that year finally where we are looking at some sort of policy or a framework between the governments of the world, between the large uh, IT providers, uh, and uh, we as, as, as the citizens of the planet, all coming together to, to, to have this uh, untold uh, rule or a told rule or a charter or like the 10 commandments that Moses got uh, from a stone tablet, I don't know, but, but something that uh, you know, we, we devise together to really flourish in this, uh, in this, in this, in this, uh, in this um, modern normal, uh, right, Bonnie? <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but the, the new normal, right? So, so I think that governing principle for us as humanity, powered by the network of networks, uh, I think is, is 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 something that can really transform uh, each and every one of our lives, and that is my hope, uh, prayer, and prediction for 2021. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. And I have to tell our listeners on Voice America Business who can hear us but not see us, those of you watching us on Facebook Streaming Live, you can see Varen has this fascinating background. I hope it's virtual. Other than that, you're sitting in the middle of, it looks like a heliport and a large building and a skylight. Where, where is this, Varen? Talk to me just briefly. <laughs> So this is uh, um, one of the scenes from Japan. Uh, I think it's Tokyo, uh, but uh, but I think I, I specifically got this because we are talking about IoT technology, things connected. So if you look at this picture, you have you have the buildings where we know there's a lot of uh, network infrastructure. You have the lightning fast bullet trains going around. You have people on the street. You you have the skies of aeroplanes, and that really embodies uh, what we are talking about as. Uh, uh, you know, the connected economy powered by IoT and the network of networks. And, and if you see, there's a little overlay of a DNA kind of network there. So, so I, I tried a little bit to, you know, <laughs> ensure I am in costume. <laughs> Thank, well, that, that was very well put. Thank you. I was wrong. It wasn't a helipad. It's a bullet train. Fascinating. I'm, I'm, Thank you very much, Baron. You're well costumed for the show. And now this gentleman has been waiting so patiently. Don Deloach, thank you so much. Don's going to wrap this up for us. We have about nine minutes left to the show. So Don, take your time and then we'll have enough time to go around the table and find out what everybody's favorite holiday drink is. And we all need something really strong for this New Year's Eve. Don Deloach, you're on Speaker View. Join me. Go ahead. Uh, thanks, Bonnie. Um, okay, so uh, just a, a variety of different short comments here. Number one, um, <clears throat> I think security is actually going to move from uh, the notion of good is good enough with a lot of IoT uh, deployments to actually becoming important. I think there have been a few wake-up calls that people have seen, um, especially very recently. Um, and, and I think that as a result of that, 
it's it's gonna you're gonna see more and more layered security models. You're gonna see a focus on endpoint security down at the low form factor battery powered device uh, that sometimes doesn't get picked up until it gets to a gateway. I think people are realizing that. You hear people say things like, "Well, what what difference does it make if somebody has my temperature reading?" Well, it's a function of what's happening with that data. If that temperature reading is going to trigger something downstream, it makes a lot of difference. Um, and then the other thing is uh, looking at applications from an end-to-end -end encryption standpoint, looking at things like uh, distributed ledger technology to bring the, the, um, the security to a new level. And then you're going to start to see people looking at quantum-proof type uh, uh, security technologies. Um, so I, I think that's going to be uh, really important. Um, the other thing is that the, the, whole, the whole notion of IoT, I think, is giving way a little bit in terms of a term because IoT, you know, you hear people talk about their strategic plan and their IoT plan, but they're becoming one in the same. Because we are increasingly moving a connected world, a hyper-connected world, there's no distinction really between the OT and the IT and the enterprise. It is one and the same in terms of how this is happening. And people are beginning to talk in terms of cyber-physical systems. And, and, I, and to that end, the, the focus is becoming more and more holistic. So um, I, I understand that I have all of these component technologies, but what I, I really care about is getting the data right, and that requires that I get the component technologies right, and that, that allows me to employ more effective data models and incorporate it at the enterprise level. So thinking more holistically, you know, uh, Varun was talking about network to network. Um, I couldn't agree more with, with those comments. The, the, um, I go back to the piece that Michael Porter and Jim Heppelman published in 2014 in the Harvard Business Review about the progression of IoT. And it was product to smart product to smart connected product, which is what we normally think of as an IoT product, to product systems to system of systems. And, and the system of systems is truly holistic, heterogeneous devices. We aren't there yet, but we will be. Um, so cyber physical systems is, is basically a, a broader umbrella. And it, it's, it begins to incorporate adjacent technologies, things like um, drones for use in uh, vertical construction for, uh, for inspection and for um, uh, monitoring. Things like 3D printing as it relates to supply chains. Uh, Senna talked a lot about the supply chain. Um, and if you think about the, the role 3D printing can play in terms of printing parts, let's go back to the vertical construction, on a site as opposed to having to stop everything to wait for that part that isn't there to get there and, and, and drives everything out of sync. So, so you're, we're going to see technologies like that, technologies like um, uh, AR, VR for surgical, for construction, for maintenance. And so the incorporation of these adjacent technologies into a more holistic thinking is happening more and more and more and should happen more and more as we push towards distributed, um, uh, decentralized systems. And that gives us agility, it gives us flexibility, it gives us sustainability, it gives us resiliency. And, and that's all part of where we're going. So you look at enterprise systems like, like BIM systems for construction, like um, uh, supply chain uh, systems. If you look at ERP systems, like uh, SAP Leonardo, you know, has kind of morphed into the intelligent enterprise, which is a direct uh, pointer to integrating in a very holistic way, the data across a variety of venues, including all of the sensor data. 
Um, and, and then I, I, I laugh about the whole notion of F1. Um, you know, an F1 car is a living IoT lab these days. Mm -hmm. like, like the amount of, of sensor data coming off these cars is unbelievable. And it's just one more example of where this technology is going. Uh, I think uh, just a couple of other side notes. So where we're, what we're seeing in terms of infrastructure, we're probably going to finally see much needed um, uh, capital being put into infrastructure. And that's going to drive initiatives around infrastructure that are highly cyber physical system focused as well. Um, and I think that's a good thing. And then the, the last comment I'll make is that um, the, if you look at capital and how capital is being deployed, you're seeing more and more ESG or impact investing where, where the role of capital is looking beyond the balance sheet and gap accounting and starting to look at much more of a longer term view versus a shorter term view. And, and you know, you get these trade-offs in terms of, well, you know, I'm all for capitalism and, and the, the, the conversations I have is, yeah, me too. I'm just not for stupid. It doesn't make sense to <laughs> undermine what we're doing in the long term for short-term gain. So the way this capital is being deployed is more thoughtful. But in order to add other parameters to how I view things, you have to be able to at least to some extent measure. And that the role of cyber physical systems is going to is is not going to is creeping into how do we measure. Um, elements that weren't a part of what we were doing yesterday, but have to be a part of what we're doing tomorrow. And I think that we're going to see more and more of that as well. So thank I, you, Don. Thank you, Don. We're just about out of time, but because I'm cutting you off by about 30 seconds, I'm going to let you go first. What's your favorite holiday drink that you're looking forward to on New Year's Eve and maybe into the new year? Don Deloge, go ahead. Uh, one of my kids who lives nearby makes a great old fashioned that uh, I think we'll all enjoy on uh, Christmas Eve. New fashion. And one quick question for you, Don Deloche, Rocket Wagon Venture Studios. What's the meaning of Rocket Wagon? One sentence. You know, it was the, the sister company, Rocket Wagon Labs. And um, I teamed up with them to create the Venture Studio. And it Thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Craig, what are you drinking on the holiday? I grew up in Wisconsin in the States, known as America Dairy, America's Dairyland. And uh, for whatever reason, I never could ever get into uh, a dairy-based eggnog. But I found the most amazing thing this year uh, from Puerto Rico. It's called Coquitos. It is uh, a mixture of dairy, coconut, and uh, aged rum. And it is outstanding. And I'm going to be drinking it all holiday season. I think National Coquito Day was two days ago. I have a Monday night show where I list the national holidays, which are just funky holidays people make up. And Coquito, it's a Puerto Rican holiday drink. Thank you. Bert Laws, yes. what do you be drinking? Bert, unmute, please. Oh, you're still muted. Okay, we'll wait for Bert. Okay, Bert, holiday drink real fast. Being from the South, I'm a bourbon guy. There you go. Senna, what are you going to be drinking? Not what the baby's drinking. What are you drinking? I'm a champagne girl. Ah, okay. Nicola, <laughs> what are you drinking? Nicola, unmute, please. There you go. Being a good German and sitting outside these days, German glue wine. Oh, nice. Baron, what are you going to be drinking? Uh, so I think I will have to stick to rum, but uh, I have I have really followed the rock on his Teramina tequila. Unfortunately, it's not there in India, but if the rock is listening, I would I would be happy to get a bottle. Thank you very much. We hope. And Naeem, what are you going to be drinking for the holiday? Well, I think uh, yeah, champagne sounds good, but you got to go with La Grande Dame. 
feminine, refined, not just any champagne. Don't waste. If you're not spending at least $40, don't bother with, don't waste the calories. Feminine and refined. Are you uh, are you talking about me? I want to thank all of you. <laughs> you know, I was going to say that. I can't thank all of you enough for showing up, for sharing, for being so articulate and passionate for your thought leadership all year long. Craig, Nicola, Don, Senna, Bert, Naeem, and Varen, my appreciation goes to you. Also to our engineer, Aaron Keller. Thank you, Aaron, for getting us on the air and keeping us there. Thank you to our Facebook viewers for listening, for watching. Thank you to Ryan Treasure, VP of Broadcast Operations at World Talk Radio, for being the voice of the opening of the show, Tech Rev. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I have a note to all of you. The future of now, somebody says the future is already here. I want you to look at them and wag your finger, and you say, no, 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 that was yesterday's. There, Craig's doing it. That was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet, and we're all going to be part of making it a better one. Please be safe, be smart, be savvy. And my last word of, of issue here is, Please stay sane. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Everybody wave. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh